Hey now! Hi! Welcome everyone to a brand new week of After 9. Coming up at the end of this episode is going to be today's Missed Connections from the mm-hmm. Scott and Cat radio show. And wow, do we ever have a lot to talk about. Do you want to discuss first uh, university or why Shohei Otani, is that his name? Can Otani. fuck right off. Otani can <laughs> As you, you said at the radio show today, I nearly spit out my coffee. Yeah. He goes, we'll talk about why he can suck it. <laughs> Well, so, yeah, I mean, I hear you. I think a lot of people are feeling that same way. Shohei Otani has decided to stay in California. When did he decide that? I think he decided that a while ago. But sure. he's, he still left Blue Jays fans heartbroken here because Toronto was one of the teams rumored to be in the hunt to get this generational player. The guy who puts up stats and numbers like no other baseball player in our memory. Mm-hmm. He's comparable to Babe Ruth. Not only is he a gifted hitter, he's a gifted pitcher. He knows the game very well, and that's part of the reason. He's getting $700 million in a 10-year contract with the L.A. Dodgers. And, I mean, that's fine. Whatever. Who hasn't played played a little bit, played that game, right? No matter what the job is. Like, oh, well, they, they want this much, and what are you going to get from me? People do that all the time in, in, like, regular life. But the problem for me was, like, Dodgers fans, like, laughing at us later in videos. Like, fuck off. Like, you actually thought. The, the Jays had a chance. Like, yeah, we actually did, actually. So we, fuck up. Well, we did because <laughs> we've got all these baseball insiders, so to speak, that stirred the pot yeah. and tried to get everything going. Yeah. The Toronto media is just diabolical We all know sometimes. this. We all know this, yeah. Going on, getting everybody all hyped up. Oh, I'm hearing that it's close. I'm hearing that there's talks. I'm hearing that there's a flight leaving Anaheim coming to Toronto. That was the guy from fucking Dragon's Den. Calm down, everybody. Like <laughs> He got off the plane. He was probably laughing his ass off. Probably He did. He's like, sorry, I'm not Shohei Otani. Uh. He knew what was going on yeah. and the people thought he was on that flight. Good for him. He got a good moment out of it. But here's the way it worked for Otani. The rumor was to get this deal done would be half a billion dollars, a $500 million contract. So Otani there, who's clearly way smarter than we've given him credit for, decides, you know what? We're going to play a little game here. You know what? I might want to go to Toronto. He even did a little trip down to Florida to explore their their training facilities in Dunedin. Well, that had the Dodgers panicking. Oh, shit, we want him. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where, hey, I'm going to go up to Toronto and meet with those guys. If you want me, give me your best offer. And that's when it went from $500 million to $700 million. And I don't even think if the Jays had put up $700 million, he would have come here. I don't think he had any interest in it. He just found a sucker willing to take the bait. And we all became pawns in this whole thing. Because we salivate over big names in our sports teams. Especially, like, this is an entire country that was salivating over it, right? We do that. We put we put that on ourselves to, to follow the rumors. Now, in all fairness, it, sometimes those rumors do end up being absolutely true. And sometimes, like the Kawhi Leonard thing, right? There were people who were like, no. But then it did happen at the time for the Raptors, right? So there are times where it, it does become true. So I understand why we all got very excited about it. But it's kind of always going to be our thing, I think. We'll just believe it could be true because we're hoping for the best. <laughs> we just sit here hoping for the best. As far as I'm concerned, the Toronto Blue Jays made Shohei Otani $200 million because it was going to be a $500 million deal until he played everybody, I'm talking about Otani, and made it seem like Toronto was going to give him the best offer. So LA had to pony up another $200 million. If they sell out every game for the next 10 years, if they sell a jersey to every single Dodgers fan, maybe they have a chance at making back some of that money. 
But otherwise, this is just, yeah. I mean, it, it's almost three quarters of a billion dollars mm-hmm. for one player. I don't. Who could get injured at any given time? We'd hope not. We never want anyone to get hurt. But you know what I mean? It's one of those things. It's one of those things. And and if he gets injured tomorrow, it doesn't matter. He's still going to get that $700 million over 10 years. And that's just what we know. God only knows what other offers and incentives are in that contract. He's probably got like a $100 million bonus if they win the World Series or something. Mm -hmm. Which they might actually do. So I think we got used. I don't think we owe this fucking guy anything. When he comes to Toronto eventually, he'd be smart to stay. You know what? When the Jays or when the Dodgers are doing a trip to Toronto, just stay home. You don't need to do any trips yeah. over the border. You don't want to come here. You People use People don't us. like you right now. Fuck off. That's what should happen uh, there. Hey, while we're talking sports, which we rarely do, you want to go a little further down the road? Okay, what's up? Let's go back to yesterday. It, I mean, they're human, man. They make mistakes. It's the call, <laughs> man. Just in that moment, I mean... It's it's not even for my, myself or for me. It's just I know how much everybody puts into this game, and for it to to happen on a flag change the outcome of a game. Um, and that moment, I mean, I, I've played seven years, never had that, never had offense all sides called. I mean, that's we that's elementary school. We we talk about. I mean, you point to the ref, do all that different type of stuff, and and it doesn't get called. And if it does, you, they warn you. And there was no warning throughout the entire game. Okay, well, let's stop Patrick Mahomes right there. <laughs> Patrick, got a raspy voice. I never noticed how like... Uh... The raspy voice is from all the sour grapes. That's what the problem is. <laughs> he th- I love how he says like, by the way, it wasn't just for me. It was like, because the whole team I knew was... Oh, so you threw your you threw your fucking helmet for all of them. That's what he did. Like on behalf of everybody, you fucking threw a hissy fit. Yeah, he, he was a total child on the sidelines. Bills beat him. The Bills won that football game, and the Bills deserve to win that football game. The Bills get penalized by referees, I feel like, harder than most teams do. And that's coming from somebody who's watched every single Bills game for the last 10 years. Patrick Mahomes, usually the darling of the match, usually gets the benefit of the doubt on every call. Calls go in favor of Kansas City all the time. Now, yesterday, it didn't work out that way. And why didn't it work out that way? Kansas City had a brilliant play. Mahomes gets out of trouble. He passed it to Travis Kelsey. Kelsey, lateral pass to another guy who was open, runs down, could have scored the game-winning touchdown. But then when you go back and watch the review, one of the Kansas City guys was standing on the line. Oh, you can't do that in football, right? We have a line. And if you're on the defense, you stay behind it. If you're on the offense, you stay on it. That's it. That's all there is to it. So... Patrick Mahomes is losing his shit because the refs called something that was a penalty. And now he can go on with this. Well, I mean, they don't usually call that. I mean, I don't know why. This is elementary stuff. Yeah, it is elementary stuff. You should know better as a professionally paid football player to stand behind the goddamn line. This is not on the refs. It's on your player. Shut up, Mahomes. Can I do a review from just this for the Swifties? Sure. So what happened oh, yeah, was... Taylor was there, but let, not on listen, as much as she usually I'm just going to do this review for the Swifties. Ready? This, to sum up what Scott said, if you don't care about the actual play. So Brittany Mahomes' husband was being a little bitch. <laughs> and Taylor Swift's boyfriend was involved in the play, but he wasn't f- throwing a hissy fit. But people might wonder if Taylor should even show up anymore because they've lost the last couple of games. Mm, but they still went out after, in case you guys are wondering. They went out to dinner after. Okay, sorry, I had to do that for the Swifties. Who Because they were curious dinner? about it. Oh, like Taylor and Travis and stuff. You know, people follow them around all the time. 
Do, do Patrick and Brittany Mahomes go out with Travis and Taylor? I don't know. I don't know if they've been seen together outside of like their bubble of watching this game. Like in ter- Brittany, I mean, and Taylor. I was particularly interested in yesterday's game, just mainly because of my day job, uh, on the radio playing Top 40 music. I thought, well, that's interesting because you've got uh, Travis Kelsey there and his girlfriend is Taylor Swift up in the press box. In another press box would have been Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills quarterback's girlfriend, Haley Steinfeld. Oh, right. And I, I thought they're together. Yeah. Will Haley Steinfeld and Taylor Swift meet up like, yeah, we're both dating football players. Let's write a song. Or is uh, Taylor just done with Travis after that loss yesterday? Maybe it could all be over. <laughs> it could all be over right now. Might all be. She ended. could be dumping his ass right now. No, I think that they, uh, they're going strong there. Those two. Today is national breakup day. Oh, that's right. So this is the day because there's got to be a day. You, you've got to set a date for, oh, no, if you know that you don't want them to be at your Christmas shit. Like all your Christmas gatherings, especially with family and stuff, you got to dump them at a certain point. So this is the cutoff day. This is a humane treatment is what we're doing right. here. Humane Letting treatment. Letting them down nice and easy and everyone's you, happy. Don't drag somebody through all the magical no. Christmas shit. Don't bring them to meet your parents and your Nonas and your whatevers to stop. Yeah. If you know you're not going to be with them, you dump them now. Mm-hmm. Don't wait till any closer to Christmas. It's got to be by today. Let them go. Now, there's some people I'm told who themselves don't want to be lonely, quote unquote, over the holidays. They wait till Boxing Day to pull the pin. And I think that's just cruel. Oh, I think so too. And why would you put yourself through that though? Just to have a date? Is that what it is? Like some people just want a date, but you know that that's not the one, but you're like, ugh, I got to bring them. I don't want to go alone. Like that kind of thing? Is that just shut up parents and nosy aunts and uncles that are like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have a baby? Probably, but I feel like it's way more work to to bring someone into it and have them get invested in a person. You know what I mean? Like, then you see them, and then it's weird because then they'll, like, talk to you in January, February, or whenever the next family thing is, and then you're like, yeah, no, we broke up. Like, well, then why'd you bring them through all that? Yeah. The number one reason that people say they're going to pull the pin on their relationship by today, stress of the holidays. Mm. Wouldn't stress make you want to be in a relationship, to have someone to lean on and talk to? I don't know. I think it just adds to the stress sometimes, right? Maybe you're thinking, gift, do I get? What do I get? You know, how big should I get, you know, whatever. And and oh, and meeting the parents, that's stressful. There's a lot of stress in that. That's number two on the list? Yeah, there you go. I'm wondering, how long should you have been dating someone before you introduce them to the family at Christmas? Like, if your relationship started mm-hmm. before Halloween, okay, it's okay to bring them around for Christmas. But if your relationship started yeah. on Black Friday too soon to meet the family. Yeah. I mean, it all depends who you are. I brought, when my husband and I first started dating, okay, we were like three days before Halloween. I brought him to my aunt and uncle's house on Halloween. Really? Three days. Now, I had already known him for many years because we went to high school together. So I kind of knew what we, I was getting into with this. I thought, yeah, this is, he, he's going to stick around. But I think that there's very odd occasions where you're like, yeah, come to my family thing. Person I just started dating. <laughs> It's a weird thing, right? Totally is. The other reason that people will consider ending a relationship today and not letting it go any further is if you still stay with them, you should probably buy them a Christmas present if you're going to be with them on Christmas. And a lot of people don't want to buy a present for somebody. So they're going to pull the pin on their relationship today. You just see them on Christmas though. Like I think that's also kind of a weird thing for some people, depending on your age, of course, and your living circumstance, right? But like, are you really obligated to see them on Christmas? Like what if you're, your thing you do is go to your parents' house on Christmas and that's what you do. Like you're supposed to all of a sudden bring in this other person. 
It's kind of one of those, yeah, you just got to pick a year and then go with it, right? But I don't know about bringing someone there on Christmas, knowing that you're not going to be with them. It's just rude. Let's switch gears here. This video is getting shared like crazy. It is a segment that was on CNN yesterday, and I know that a lot of people, uh, particularly people with right-leaning political affiliations, don't like CNN because they're a very left-leaning news organization. However, it's actually people on the right that are sharing this video from CNN. Yesterday, Fareed Zakaria, longtime reporter and commentator on CNN, did a monologue on universities and how universities have become not just places of higher education anymore, they've become very, very political. Listen, this video is six minutes and 11 seconds. We're only gonna play two minutes, but it's gonna give you the gist. Listen to this, it's important. Universities would long have been at the top of that list, but the American public has been losing faith in these universities for good reason. Three university presidents came under fire this week for their vague and indecisive answers when asked whether calling for the genocide of Jews would violate their institution's codes of conduct. But to understand their performance, we have to understand the broad shift that has taken place at elite universities, which have gone from being centers of excellence to institutions pushing political agendas. People sense the transformation. As Paul Tuff has pointed out, the share of young adults who said a college degree was very important fell from 74% in 2013 to just 41% mm. in 2019. Compelling, isn't it? In 2018, 61% of those polls said higher education was headed in the wrong direction, and only 38% felt it was on the right track. In 2016, 70% of America's high school graduates were headed for college, now that number is 62%. This souring on higher education makes America an outlier among all advanced nations. American universities have been neglecting a core focus on excellence in order to pursue a variety of agendas, many of them clustered around diversity and inclusion. It started with the best of intentions. Colleges wanted to make sure young people of all backgrounds had access to higher education and felt comfortable on campus but those good intentions have morphed into a dogmatic ideology and turned these universities into places where the pervasive goals are political and social engineering, not academic merit. As the evidence produced for the recent Supreme Court case on affirmative action showed, universities have systematically downplayed merit-based criteria for admissions in favor of racial quotas. Some universities' response to this ruling seems to be that they will go further down this path, eliminating the requirement for any standardized tests like the SAT. That move would allow them to then take students with little reference to objective criteria. Of course, those who would suffer most would be bright students from poor backgrounds who normally use tests like the SAT to demonstrate their qualifications. In the humanities, hiring for new academic positions now appears to center on the race and gender of the applicant, as well as the subject matter, which needs to be about marginalized groups. A white man studying the American presidency does not have a prayer of getting tenure at a major history department in America today. Grade inflation in the humanities is rampant. At Yale, the median grade is now an A. 
new subjects crop up that are really political agendas, not academic fields, you can now major in diversity, equity, and inclusion at some colleges. The ever-growing bureaucracy. I'm going to cut him off there, mm -hmm. but listen, this is a really, really worthwhile video to watch. Again, his name is Fareed Zakaria. You can find that on the CNN X page or on Instagram, I believe, but don't quote me on that. What he's saying is the universities have lost their way. I've seen that coming for a while. Well, we've talked about it on the podcast. So kind of everything he just he just said, he had stats to back it up. He yes. had, he had, but we've said anecdotally on this podcast before, just by, by our own views and, and what we've seen. And not to mention the texts that we've had come in when we talk about this, right? So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Things And they, do things need to change because of it? Will they change because of it? It'll be an interesting next five to ten years, I think, in our, even here. And I mean, there in the States as well, but in, in Canada to see what changes or if anything changes. The universities have set themselves up very similar to the way the Bank of Canada has. They set themselves up as these, these supreme beings that everyone should honor and respect and just abide by what they say. However, they do not want any scrutiny at all. The people running the schools, much like the people of the Bank of Canada, do not want any criticism whatsoever. They simply want to lay out their doctrine and everybody shall be indoctrinated that comes to that school. That's concerning for me. I just had a daughter graduate from university and we used to talk regularly about some of the shit that she had to take and some mm -hmm. of the lectures she had to sit through, mm -hmm. some of the discourse that she witnessed on campus, which is running rampant right now, namely because of the war in Gaza. And it was concerning. And I told her every at every step, you stand up to that prick, that, that prof who's trying to tell you that everything you've always known to be true is actually wrong and that you should feel bad about how you feel about everyday societal issues. That's wrong. It's indoctrination. Forget that guy. Don't even listen to him. And fortunately, I think there's a lot of people who are critical thinkers that did not listen. They're trying to create an ideology and they want to start it from the bottom, right? They want people to come to the school and, and get brainwashed with their shit and then go and, and become greater people and reform society. But people are catching on. And that's basically what Fareed had to say in his video. I'd love to talk to Sandra Ziskin again if we can get her on before Christmas because she yeah. has filed a class action lawsuit against York University and a few others saying they failed to protect their Jewish students, namely because of all the anti-Jewish shit that's mm -hmm. going on on campus. Yeah, absolutely. We can probably do that. Yeah. I'd love to know where that stands because, you know, at first it seemed a little weird, like, oh, they failed to protect them. I don't know if I really understand how. Now it's becoming painfully obvious. Like, you just have to watch the news. It's crazy what kind of an attack Jews are under during uh, Hanukkah right now. Mm -hmm. It's wild. You know what I don't understand about that too is I guess police arrested somebody yesterday. They were popping um, smoke outside the prime minister's office in Ottawa on Saturday, actually lighting off smoke bombs outside the PMO. Really? Why has nobody been arrested? I mean, everybody in this country has a right to protest. You have a right to protest reasonably. And I remember... When the police announced not that long ago they were going to start cracking down on hate speech. There's a difference, by the way, between protesting for peace and calling for the genocide of the Jews. Those are two completely different things. Yeah. But people are doing it openly, and I don't understand why where, where the police are. Think back to this summer. Do you know any news releases I got from somebody did a donut or a burnout in the pride crosswalk and holy shit every cop there and the chief's doing a news conference and we won't handle this kind of hate somebody drove through the pride 
crosswalk. Okay, I mean, you said you were taking hate crimes seriously and everything that could be hate was going to be investigated as a hate crime when they were driving on a road through a pride crosswalk, all hands on deck from the police. Now we've got protesters calling for the genocide of Jews and they're lighting off smoke bombs outside the PMO and nothing. I think one person's been arrested so far. I don't understand it. I don't understand what's going on, but it's a, a good recommendation. Go back and watch that video from Fareed if you get a chance because it's good. It really says a lot. While we're on the uh, the topic here of things in the news, our friend Premier Doug Ford is going to make an announcement at some point this week, Kat. And we've got some rumors as to what that is, and we've talked about this subject before. Credible source, though, the Globe and Mail is saying that Premier Ford will announce a plan this week to expand the places where alcohol is sold, including beers, beer in corner stores. Yes. Yes. This is something that the Ford government has been promising for a long time, and it took them until 2023 to get here. Great. I'm just wondering what this is going to look like. We saw 7-Eleven go in one direction, right? Hey, we're, we're going to sell beer. But y- you have to sit in the actual 7-Eleven and drink it. Which is who wants to hang around? Let's be honest. Like who's you, sitting you, in a 7-Eleven drinking a, a beer? A 7-Eleven is a grab it and get out kind yes. of place. I know it's an odd one, but I will say, so I, I, I might've mentioned this the last time we talked about this, but I, a brand new Circle K opened up, right? Not, not too far from me. So I went in and checked it out and it's huge. It's like one of these big dealios. And sure enough, they built this separate room and it's a cold room. You could tell that it will eventually be chilled. And so I asked the owner about it and, uh, and they said, oh, yeah, well, we're, we're just preparing for the inevitable because we were already told it's going to happen. And I said, that being liquor? And they said, yep. So they're quite certain that it was going to happen to the point where in the newer places, they are already starting to develop those with spots where you're going to be able to run in and grab the beer or maybe liquor. But we're thinking probably for sure beer. Maybe they'll expand to liquor, too. Can you please expand to liquor, too? Well, like, can, can I just put that we, out there? Why do we have know, to just make it beer? I, I think that we're at a point now where... Hopefully this is true. I'm going to assume that the sources at the Globe are accurate and that the premier is actually going to make good on his campaign promise to do this. I personally don't think the government is good at running anything. If you think about anything the government runs, whether it be hospitals, schools, the LCBO, Service Ontario, you name it, they're not good at it. There's room for improvement. A lot of room for improvement. To say the very least. There's room for improvement. Lots of it. They're so bad at this shit. I don't understand why we, why anyone in this province would just think that the government is probably the best person to sell liquor mm-hmm. when they're so bad at everything else. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and, and I don't just mean yeah. this government, I mean government in general. They're not set up to run businesses, nor are they business people. And, and in a lot of cases, not even that smart. So, you know, the fact that the government in 2023 still monopolizes liquor sales is crazy. I think- Regular people should be able to open up a liquor store in the same way that you can all across America. You can do it in BC. You can do it in Alberta. Like this isn't some foreign idea. We're already doing it in Canada. It's just Ontario that won't let go. And it's these dinosaurs that refuse to let us evolve that are like, well, what about all the tax revenue? Well, what about this? What about that? I don't know. Why don't we just fucking do it and see what happens? You know, we let the private sector run cannabis. Cannabis is going fine. It's fine. The biggest complaint with cannabis stores is that you can't get it strong enough. Why can't you get it strong enough? Because the government set the cap on how strong it can be. If they got out of our way, we could all have a great time and we could all be business people. If you have a, 
if you had enough money to open up a business, you'd probably look at, well, maybe I'll, I'll look at franchises. Maybe I'll open up an A&W or a Harvey's. Maybe I'll open up a Tim Hortons. Maybe you'll open up a, a business that sells products or services. Or maybe you'd open up a liquor store. That should be a decision that anybody could make. And presumably, as long as you're a decent business operator, there won't be any issue. You just apply. You say, this is where I want to put it. You order in whatever you want to order in. You sell it and you make a profit. Taxes go to the government like they always do. This isn't hard. But you're going to get the doom and gloom shit, right? You're going to get the whole, oh, here we go. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to be drinking and driving again. Everybody's going to be liquored up and drinking and driving. It doesn't change anything. It won't change anything. And it won't. I it mean, won't anything, they said no. the same thing with cannabis. It's and just about convenience. That's all it is, really, that, right? And that's all people want is convenience. Why do I have to go to these specialty stores to buy something so common like alcohol? And by the way, our selection sucks. You know this. You've shopped in the States. You've been to Alberta. There are so many bottles of wine at Walmart in America mm-hmm. that you have never seen in Canada. Yeah. It's you or have not to, in Ontario. You have to go really out of your way to um, request it. And then I think a certain number of requests later, then they'll fulfill. And that's only at some LCBOs. I know there's some great LCBO managers that will do whatever they can to get that stuff in that you want. But if, let's say you are looking for something in particular that they don't typically sell, it could take a while to get to you too. So yeah, it's a pain in the butt. I want to congratulate a group of men that I'm a part of that I've never met in my life. The Burlington Dad's Facebook page, Kat. Oh, you're not not in the group? I'm in the group. Oh, you are in the group? But I've never met any of these other dads. You're in a a group called Burlington Dads? Yeah, the the dads of Burlington, the Dobbs. Did you? (laughs) When I lived in Milton, it was the Doms, the dads of Milton. Did you start this or you just... No, 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 Latch no, no, on no. To it. Listen, there's a million and one groups for new moms. Absolutely. And groups for Tons of them. women who want to socialize and all this sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, this is new to me. I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah, there's lots of dads groups. So what do you guys do in there? What do you guys talk about? What do you do? We discuss all sorts of shit. Am I that, actually don't participate. I just read the comments. That's what I'm here for too, baby. And, and Give me that shit. It could be as simple as, hey, I went to the mechanic. He says I need uh, a new wheel bearing. Do you think I need that? And you'll get some some opinions from other people. Oh, okay. Or it could be, hey, this school over here is banning kids from dressing up for Halloween, and I think that's wrong. Okay, all right, all right. They basically discuss things through a men's lens, and and that's fine. There's lots of room for discussion here. Yeah. But one of the other great things this group does is they decided to help out the community. So the Dads of Burlington Facebook group, raised $25,000 in cash and three carloads full of toys for the Salvation Army of oh, Burlington. well done. 25 k That's great. All of it is going to go to the Salvation Army, like I just said. And by the way, the Salvation Army has announced something new this year for all the families they're helping. Kids can pick what they want for Christmas. They, so, can, they can pick. Yeah. It's not just like, okay, well, we got a... A G.I. Joe here or a Barbie there, that's aimed at a girl 7 to 11 years old. Uh, Put it in the 7 to 11-year-old girl pile. Nope. They can actually go and look around. I think what they're doing is great. It's going to make a lot of kids and families happy. It takes some pressure off parents right now that are wondering, how the am I going to do this? I I think it's great on a lot of levels. But good on this group of uh, dads on Facebook for, for collecting all that money. They did a big, huge like takeover at Toys R Us where they went in and dropped a lot of money buying toys. Oh, that's cool. It really, really is great. And groups like that, 
shows you some of the good that we can do with social media, no? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Why not, right? I mean, you're there talking about what mechanic has what thing. Might as well just do something good, right? <laughs> it can be recommendations. Hey, it's time to replace the roof. Who have you guys no, used no, in the it's, past? Yeah, no. I, I'm, I'm the same as you with any of these groups that I'm in. I'm just kind of there in the in the shadows. <laughs> I'm just like watching the shit go down. Lurking. It says yeah. she's a member of this group, but I never she, see her post. She's never participated. I'm that one. You had an interesting weekend. You you went through a time-honored tradition this weekend oh, yes. that all new parents go through. Okay. Trying to indoctrinate your kids into the <laughs> shit that you grew up with. So yesterday, we usually tend to do like a little movie night at some point during the weekend with our kids, right? We try to have them in watching a movie. So in order for us to do that, we pick a family-friendly movie, of course. And this was finally the year because it wasn't last year. wasn't the, definitely not the year before. But finally, the year we decided to see what would happen if we got our kids to watch Home Alone. Now, that, my, that's your husband's favorite Christmas. That's special, my husband's right? favorite okay. Christmas movie. Now, my favorite one, I pff, lampoons. I, I can't do that yet. They're a little too young for all that language. However, Home Alone, we thought, I think this is doable. So we all sat down and we watched Home Alone. And I didn't know how this was going to go. Listen, we all know if you, if you, it's nostalgic for people, right? You sit, you watch it as a kid and then you still like it as an adult and you watch it every year and da, 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 da. That's one of the movies that's on our list of must haves, must watch. And I, you didn't know which way it was going to go, but the kids be like, Oh, what fucking weird technology is that? Or why is their hair like that? You know, were they going to make comments? Cause it's from the nineties. They loved it. Hmm. Loved it. They, they wanted to watch it again. And then I told them there's a second one that, I don't know, some argue is even better than the first one. So now we're going to watch that one next. But yeah, they were very into it. They don't realize that now Kevin McAllister is about a 40-year-old man. Uh They don't know. They just think he's a kid. But they thought it was a great movie. Well, they're not wrong. It it is a great movie. Yeah, but it went so well. To your point, one of the rare examples where the sequel was better than the original. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I'm going to watch the, it's been a long time since I've seen Lost in New York. So we're going to do that next weekend. And then I can truly compare, fresh in my mind. But yeah, I never knew. So Elf was is another one I'm going to try. I'm going to try that one out on them too. They're probably going to love it. I think so. You're in a great spot because there's not that much daylight between when you would have watched these specials and today. And, and a lot of it is still relevant. I mean, the 90s looks a little different, but by and large, it's the same thing. Yeah. Very different for people just a little bit older than you. You're set. Gen X, that's me, issues. Like, I was so excited when my kids were younger. Hey, we're going to watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And I was so pumped because I grew up watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And then I think it was my son. Like, what the fuck is wrong with these <laughs> reindeer? Why do they look like that? That's a Yeti? That's a, an, a, the abominable guy what with makes this? that weird noise? They don't like it. Yeah. Kids get weirded out by that noise that Rudolph's nose makes when they tried to cover yeah. it up. All that shit. Kids yeah. don't like it. Too much of a generation gap. Yours, I feel like the stuff you grew up with, you're going to be good. I hope so. I hope so. So far, I'm I'm good with that one. We'll see how Elf goes and Lost. And there's a few I guess I could do with them. Um, it's just some of them are going to be, it's going to take a little bit longer. I watched a rom-com this weekend. You watched a movie? Yeah. Which one? Girlfriend. Which one? That's the, what it's called? No, no, no. Oh. The Holiday. Wait a fucking minute. You watched it? Yeah. Did you love it? Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet. I mean, the stellar cast, great concept. Jack Black's amazing in it. What did you think? I have never been attracted to Kate Winslet until I watched this movie. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, that's my girl. It was a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. You should have told me about that. I did. (laughs) Every fucking year for 11 Christmas. 
it is. I don't know. But yes, yes, I'm so glad you finally saw it. Such, that's on my list too. That for me is like, I got to watch that one every year. It's uh, so good. I, it started off so sad. I'm like, how the fuck is this a Christmas movie? Yeah, I'm going to text Kat. What is wrong with her? <laughs> And then eventually it did turn into more of a beautiful story. Beautiful, and the old guy, you know, like, like the whole thing. It's a beautiful story. It's so good. Um, while we're on movies, do you want me to run down this uh, Golden Globe ah, situation real quick? Those uh, nominations came out today. So the nominations for the Golden Globes came out. For those who are, uh, like, get confused by all the award shows, this is television and movies. You won't be surprised to learn that Barbie and Oppenheimer lead the movie nominations. Uh, Barbie has nine. Oppenheimer has eight. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon with a bunch. That's the Leo DiCaprio, Martin Scorsese latest thing. Uh, Poor Things as well. That's the one with Emma Stone, who also got nominated, by the way. In the television category, most nominated is Succession. Not surprising. Final People season. love that show. And you know what? Especially when you know it's the last season. That's when it's like, here, take all the nominations. Uh, the Bear, which I hear is so good, but haven't seen it yet. That's Jeremy Allen White. He's so good. Uh, five noms. Only Murders in the Building with five as well. And The Crown with four. Uh, the best original song. We didn't get to talk about that yet today. Barbie has three songs in the best original song category. What Was I Made For? Billie Eilish. Yeah. Dance the Night. Dua Lipa. There's a bunch of other credits on this one. They'll give it to Billie Eilish just because I don't think anybody actually listens to Billie Eilish music, but they certainly <laughs> love to give her awards. What Was I Made For is a really good song. It was very dark. You've heard it before, right? It's very dark, very, yeah. very, very slow. All that Billie Eilish shit is. <laughs> um, and I'm Just Ken is nominated. Wow. You know what else is nominated? Peaches by Jack Black for the Super Mario Brothers movie. Really? Yes. Peaches, Peaches. Uh, Bruce Springsteen has a nomination too. Uh, uh, Lenny Kravitz also. So anyway, by, by and large, really good artist there. Uh, I'll go through this quickly. Um, Bradley Cooper, Best Director nomination this year. Tons of great females. Fantasia Barrino's back, y'all. She's in the color purple. She was nominated. That's the one that was initially on. It was American Idol, right? Uh, Fantasia? Yep. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Natalie Portman, Margot Robbie has a nom. Like I said, Emma Stone, Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage, love him. Timothy Chalamet for Wonka, which is out this weekend, guys. Matt Damon, Paul Giamatti, Joaquin Phoenix, Jeffrey Wright, Willem Dafoe, Robert De Niro, Robert Downey Jr., Ryan Gosling for Barbie, uh, Mark Ruffalo, Poor Things, uh, Emily Blunt, Jodie Foster, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep's nominated for her job in... Uh, only Murders in the Building. She was so good in that. And Julianne Moore also. There's a ton. Uh, but they are all happening on January 7th. All of the awards will be given away then. Okay. Do you think that, I mean, there weren't as many of the quote-unquote artsy movies this year that seemed to win all the Oscars? You know the ones that are very artistic, but nobody ever sees them in movie theaters? They're never blockbusters. Right. There was a real long stretch there where those were the movies winning all the Oscars. This year, I'm hearing a lot of mainstream movies that a lot of people saw. I, I, you, it's kind of weird to me that you could uh, Margot Robbie could win a Golden Globe for mm-hmm. Barbie because if you win the Golden Globe, that usually gets you the odds-on favorite to win the Oscar. You know, you know who could win a Golden Globe as well because there's a new category and Oscars has a similar one now where it's cinematic and box office achievement. Mm. So let me ask you this: Who do you think wins cinematic and box office achievement? I'll give you a few out of these. There's a ton of them. But Barbie, Oppenheimer, Taylor Swift, Mm. who is nominated. She did break records this year for Eras. Barbie had a longer run, and it's going to have a longer shelf life. Nobody's going to be watching the Taylor Swift movie in a year because she'll probably have done a new concert film. Barbie will last forever. Okay. And it, it probably deserves it, too. The amount of people that not only went to see that movie, yeah. Dressed up 
to go to that movie. It was a, th- it was a whole thing. It, it was an entire experience yeah. and a night out. I mean, it's hard to deny that that was the movie of the year. Yeah. But we also know that these award shows don't necessarily adhere to that sort of social contract. So they go a little rogue sometimes. That's good, though. You know what? People love that movie. Mm-hmm. Give it all the awards. Uh, before we go, and we do have the Missed Connections replay coming up in just a sec. I tried yesterday to bake Christmas cookies. You tried to bake Christmas. Okay, so I know you like cookies. Love them. I didn't know you made them a lot, though. You usually like other people to make your cookies for you. Yeah, mom, I don't know if she's on strike or what, but it <laughs> used to be that I, I'd go over to my mom's once a week and she'd have a whole tray full of cookies and they'd last me all week and it was lovely. <laughs> she's given up on the cookies she's thing a for a while. Lady. She's amazing. I love her, but I mean, shit, mom, come on. Well, when I've come to count on these things, I would have bought my own cookies if I would have known she wasn't baking them. Anyway, I didn't even bake these. I bought one of those Oreo gingerbread, quote unquote, houses made out of Oreo. I am so glad you got one because I saw that and the Kit Kat one because I know they got a Kit Kat one too. And I I was curious about it, but I didn't get it for my girls because I thought they'd love that. So you could be my guinea pig. How did it go? Um... Okay, so if you ever decide to get into the house building industry, I'm going to recommend you don't use icing as <laughs> your adhesion method. It just doesn't work. So I got the walls up on this, again, gingerbread house, but it's not made of Oreo gingerbread. House, it's this Oreo house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got the walls up, and then every time I tried to stick something to the wall or, or outline with that bag of icing that they give you, <laughs> tried to outline like the door and shit, It would all just cave in. I don't understand why they can't just make something a little more durable. I mean, this looks like something that the government (laughs) made. It's just falling apart. It's terrible. But the decorating kit, because there's two. One's the gingerbread house, and the other one is a cookie decorating kit. Cookie decorating, I thought, this can't be hard. There's fucking kids at Longo's doing this. It can't be hard to do. I apologize. It's fucking hard. (laughs) I made such a mess. What did Octavia say to you today? She said... Because she's a baker. We've got our producer also happens to be a very good baker and cake decorator. She actually used to be a cake decorator before she, before we brought her on here, believe it or not. That's and what she, that's how she put herself through radio th- school. That is. And by the way, that's one of the reasons why Scott wanted her hired so she could decorate all his cakes. Uh, she made she, me a she, cake for the interview. So we got so we got Octavia to, to be the judge and she says these words exactly. It's something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I... I <laughs> Give me you a pen, a pencil, a marker. Did, I can do it. You tried to write Santa, but you couldn't fit all the Santa on it. So you just had like a sand at the top and a tub at the bottom. <laughs> what was that about? I, it started coming out a little too fast and I couldn't stop it. Like you can't put toothpaste back in the tube. Same thing with icing that comes out of one of those bags. Can you make the feature image for this podcast them so that people can see it? A hundred percent. If you Great. look at the image of this pod, it's... <laughs> it's a Okay, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And then they didn't even give me enough fucking icing. So I had to use like cake icing in the fridge. And that's a whole other consistency. Oh, shit. oh man. I want you to do the Kit Kat one next. If I get it for you, will you do it? I just want to I just want to see your final result. I think we should do it during the show. In we the could do it. Yes. You want to do that? Yeah. And Octavia can decorate. Fa la 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 la. Yeah, we make her do it. That sounds good. Uh, it, it, it's not easy. Super fun. I had a great time. I was into it. Until I actually looked at what I'd done and thought, well, I suck. <laughs> Did you want to set it on fire like the rest of the half buildings around here? <laughs> well, it's under construction yeah, and almost yeah, done. Yeah. Better burn it down. <laughs> 
Uh, we got to go, everybody. Have a fantastic Monday. We are now two weeks from Christmas. We're getting ready to wind things down for the year, but there's still more After Nines coming your way before then. We will catch you back here tomorrow with another episode. Bye-bye. Missed Connections. Missed Connections on the Scott and Cat Show. You know, I think it's always a great day when we have an opportunity to reunite two people who are looking for each other. Well, slight adjustment. One is looking for the other. You see, they've had an encounter in the past. One of them is looking for the other and told the story online. Real good stuff here. Real good entertainment. Kat, what's going on? Well, you know, and every now and again, you get one like this. This person knows exactly where to find the other one, Scott. It's not necessarily a connection missed, but it's one that they're a little afraid to make. It's called discreetly interested in you, man for woman. Hey, we work together at a law firm. Have to keep this super discreet because your husband also happens to be my boss. Oh, no. Oh, no. You've been married for, I don't know, four years or so, and you have a kid together. I started to notice a while back that you seem to have lost that spark for him, and I understand why. He seems way more interested in his work than his family. I'd get fired if he ever found out the way I feel about you. At the work Christmas party, I made you laugh. It was nice to see you smile. Just know that if you were my girl, I would spend all my time making you happy. My last name starts with an S, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Hmm. Lawyer, is he? Law firm. Law firm is all I know. Legal Could could be anything in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's bold. That is shoot your shot. But I mean, if she even sees it. If she even sees it, I but know, I mean, maybe we're helping. That said, is he putting it out there hoping she doesn't? No, I think he wants to tell her. I think he wants this well known. Hey, I'm into it. I don't care that you got a husband and a kid. Yada yada yada. Well, I'm sure it wouldn't be messy at all if she did end up leaving him for you. It wouldn't be weird, right? Seriously, what? <laughs> what? Dude, are you listening to yourself, buddy? You just said you you just got married four years ago, but it doesn't seem like you like him as much anymore. You, you should stay out of this, buddy. You should stay right out of this. Can we also make it clear that just because you make someone laugh doesn't mean they want you? No. <laughs> no. Find, okay, good, 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 good. And it's really just your observation that she doesn't seem as happy. You don't yeah. know that she's unhappy. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm going to suggest that you should probably hope she doesn't see this because it's not going to go well for your career, my friend. <laughs> this next one happ- happened at the uh, airport in Hamilton. It's... <laughs> The airport Roomba mystery is what it's called. Hey, I was flying Swoop out of Hamilton last Thursday and I saw this mystery woman. I was intrigued from the moment I saw her. She's a bit older than I am, maybe in her 40s with long hair, wearing a fuzzy pink coat. But it wasn't really her looks I was digging. I was intrigued with the fact that she was carrying with her two Roombas through security. She put them in the little bin things and was told to separate them, please, into one bin apiece. She was kind, only carrying a little fanny pack thingy for her passport. I don't know where she was going with those things, and I'm not even sure what flight she was on, but it wasn't mine. Does anyone know her? That's very interesting, actually, because I've just recently considered taking my Roomba more places as well. Are we allowed to do that? What are we doing here? 
Did she? She didn't even put it in a suitcase. She just put the Roombas. Like she just carried. Like you know, they have those little dinky handles on the Roomba. <laughs> that barely lifts up. You can barely fit your fingers through it. They're not comfortable. So are you telling me she carried two of them through the airport like that? And nobody raised any red flags or suspicion here? Like, hey, what are you up to? What are you doing with some Roombas there going like, through uh, the security? Are we here? sure they were really Roombas or were they something else in a Roomba coat? You know what I'm saying? Oh, interesting idea. Maybe she's a neat freak. Maybe, Maybe she is. she's anticipating a hotel stay and she's not satisfied at the level of cleanliness and she's just going to take it upon herself to clean. They wouldn't let her bring in the bleach, so she's bringing in the Roomba. The Roomba. Okay, I the see. Roomba. I yeah. see. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have to empty the bin before you take it through security <laughs> or do you just take it through with all the lint? And dirt from your home. Does the airport mind if you give it a little a little run there where you're waiting for your plane on the carpet? <laughs> hey, that would help uh, contribute to the overall cleanliness of the airport. It's not that bad. Might as well take it for a rip if you're bringing it all that way with you. Just so I'm clear, you have never taken your Roomba for a walk you know, or a traveled you know with it at all? Sometimes it gives me those eyes, you know? Like sometimes I pass it by and it's like, wait, are you going to work again? And I'm like, no, you can't come, Roomba. You have to stay. A bit of a Cinderella vibe. No, you stay here and clean the house, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) You, you, no good thing, you. So we never did find out where the Roombas went? I don't know. If anyone, maybe someone knows. Do you know something? Anyone? Are you that person? Maybe you're Roomba girl. I don't know. A little more information would be helpful. A little more information would be helpful. In the meantime, I think everyone should consider this. And don't let the airport security deter you. Clearly, you can take your Roomba with you on a plane. Clearly. Charging base two, or does it just go, it you get one say. charge while you're I away? Mean, <laughs> this is, I have so many questions. Mine dies after like an I hour don't now, know. so. Yeah, what is it good for? What are you doing? I'm so confused. Sylvester Stallone traveled to Philadelphia to celebrate the city's first ever Rocky Day. Although, I'd say that if you're living in Philadelphia, every day is a pretty Rocky Day. <laughs> the Coast Guard busted a submarine carrying 5,500 pounds of cocaine. It was the first time cops begged a suspect to stop talking. (laughs) Vladimir Putin announced that he's running for president of Russia again. Wow. I don't want to say their elections are phony, but on their I voted stickers, the word voted is in quotes. (laughs) Nick Cannon revealed... That he spends up to $200,000 every year taking all 12 of his children to Disneyland. That's how bad condoms feel. 